Hello, welcome to the Asian Dating Podcast. Today, I have a very special matchmaker. Her name is Christy Price. Christy Price is a certified matchmaker as well as a dating life and success mindset coach. She has dedicated her life to helping others achieve their dreams and find happiness through her past experiences as a wealth manager, coach, and nationally acclaimed equestrian trainer. Christy's Mm -hmm. compassionate and fun approach has consistently helped her clientele establish and reach their goals. She has been a connector and coach in many capacities, but her passion lies in KP matchmaking. She loves helping her clients find a healthy, loving relationship with the person of their dreams. Christy, welcome to the show. How are you? Great, May. Thank you for having me. It's so great to be here. Yes, yes. So tell me a little bit about your equestrian training. So how long have you been doing that? Like what, what brought you to matchmaking? Yeah, so I was, I've been riding since I've been four years old. Um, and then I was in wealth management for a while and executive coaching and left that to follow my dream and train horses and the people to achieve their dreams. So like, you know, become national championships and national champions, things like that. And I really loved it for a long time, but it's kind of, um, it's a 24 seven job and I wanted a life. So I went back into, um, honestly, I went back into wealth management, executive coaching. And I had a, a car accident and I couldn't work for a year. And I got divorced in the meantime, like a couple of years before that. And I hadn't been doing a good job on my own about picking the right kind of men um, or online dating. And it's like seeing the red flags and basically setting my boundaries and shutting off my masculine energy. Because being in that space and wealth management, you really have to kind of like increase your masculine energy in that world. So through that process, I started really doing a lot of soul searching and personal development and um, how to see red flags like cluster B personality type disorders because I I tend to love the guys that are charismatic and sweep you off their feet. And a lot of those are like narcissists and also sociopathic tendencies. So I I talked, I remember talking to a few people saying once I got it all together, like dating great men and attracting the right kind of men. I'm like, I want to help people not make the same mistakes I did after um, divorce. So that's why I got into this. Yeah. So, so it's a whole process of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is your specialty, right? Like helping women out of a divorce and to find a healthy relationship, right? Yeah. Women and men. I work with both uh, both sides. Mm-hmm. So tell me what are some of the things you've learned in the process of your journey about finding love after divorce? Like what are some uh, elements that has helped you? I think number one, after divorce, I really went, um, I was dating different men, either they were similar to my husband, ex-husband, or the polar opposite. And it's because I was trying to fill a void. And I hadn't created a life that I really loved and learned to love myself. And I think that's key before you get into any relationship. So that's, I think, number one, is that to really create a life that you love. And that's kind of why I got the success mindset training and the life coaching training over the years but I wasn't really applying it to myself that well. And then I really started really digging deep. (laughs) So when people say, uh, learn to love yourself, have a mindset of loving yourself before you can love others. What are some things that you teach them in your uh, program? That's a a great point. So my worth and a lot of people's worth as professionals is what they do for a living or what their success is and what what their wealth is. And it's really about creating 
the things that bring you joy every day and make sure that you're doing things that create self-worth, whether it's getting out of your comfort zone and learning something new, um, making sure that you do your meditation in the day, or I love riding my horse, so I still have a horse. So every morning I get up and ride my horse. So I really have a full life and it's not just about work, it's very a work-life balance. So I think creating things that you love to do every day and taking time for yourself and whether it's personal development, meditation, yoga, and just taking a, um, a breather, I think is really important. And the positive mindset. So I work with active people that have positive mindsets and that's a choice. You can choose to focus on the negative every day or see the silver lining. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So when you get like a busy professional who um, pretty much realize what their self-worth was making money and wealth, like you said, how do you get them to switch their thinking about that? Because what you described is kind of like me. I feel like my life revolved around my work and how much I make and how much money I make and how successful I am about that. So how do you switch from that to thinking, okay, you know what? It is okay that money is not everything, but. Yeah, that's the really good question. Yeah. How do you, how do you, <laughs> how do you switch yeah. people's mindset on that? Okay. That's, that is a hard one sometimes. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I think number one is, you know, usually people come to me, want to find someone that's interesting. So if they're only talking about their wealth and their success and everything else, I mean, that's great, but you're going to attract that kind of person that's looking just for that. So you want to be, make sure that your life is well-rounded and interesting, right? So I think that's something that's really important so that people start to find if they start, if they only focus on their wealth and success, they're still going to have bad days. Like we always want more wealth. We want more success. Like that's just like the American dream, I think. And that's how we're programmed. So it's, it's about taking time for yourself to do the things that you love and things that build your self-esteem. And some of the people I work with, they are always talking about, you know, I'm getting the kind of guy that just wants my money or the woman that's a gold digger. Well, that's because you're attracting that because you're leading with your success and wealth and that's your identity. So we have to kind of switch your mindset that to a more well-rounded mindset and other things, other interests. And I'll have them if they're like, oh, I just work all day and go home or go to dinner. Well, what else do you like to do? And I have to really search for that sometimes. Well, what is it? What did you like to do as a child? What brought you joy then? Or what made you happy? And or what have you never tried that you'd like to try now? So we just kind of need to kind of expand your horizons and develop a more broad stroke life and lifestyle. What is something aside from riding horses that brings you joy? Um, I love to walk on the beach. I love nature, like anything outside, anything near the water is really, that's meditation for me. I'm not a really good meditator. I just bring that up a lot, but there are different forms of it. Like I'll listen to Deepak Chopra or whoever, but walking near the water, being on the water, anywhere around uh, in the mountains, it just kind of brings me back down to earth and kind of grounds me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. What about you? Um, for me, it's reading. I love reading. I love sewing. I love making quilts. But now that you bring this up, it's like, you know what? I haven't even opened my new sewing machine and really got into it. And I've had it for like eight months, you know? So you're right. Like there are things that we know we enjoy. We just don't make the time to do it. But I love reading. I meditate daily, but I really love reading. That's my passion. Not, not listening to 
audio books and things like that, but like actual book and reading about work, reading about love, reading about, you know, fiction, that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I, I don't have room for another hobby in my life. I'm afraid to pick up uh, pickleball because I'm like, I have an addictive personality. I'm like, I just can't pick on another hobby right now. Cause I find that my schedule is so full as is. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, pickleball uh, is fun. It is addictive. Cause I have, <laughs> I picked that up. Yeah. The last year. <laughs> so, yeah. So with your uh, male clients who come out of a divorce, um, what are some things you work with, with them? Cause I can imagine that's different than working with a woman, right? So what are the main differences of working with a male client? That, yeah, it depends. So my, most of my clients are fairly successful or, or I work with clients of all age ranges, twenties to seventies. So it depends kind of on the age range. So it's, it's after divorce, which I think I may have missed the beginning of the question. It's about, have they been dating? Like have you been getting out there? Have you, number one is, have you, especially with men that have lost a lot of wealth, have you been able to get past the divorce and forgive um, your wife and move forward? That doesn't mean you talk to the person, but you have to let it go if you're going to make space for someone new. So I think that's really um, something that a lot, some men have struggled with. So it's about getting through that, you know, now they're in basically taking on their new life as an individual. So you're not in a couple anymore. There's some, there's some positive sides to that. So as we just talked about, you can have, make time for things that you love to do because you maybe have your kids every other weekend or week on, week off. So now it's time for you to take care of you and kind of create that, you know, that life you want or do things you've been wanting to do that you haven't had time for because you work all day, come home, kids, wife. So there's actually an upside to it. And then how to, where, what's your dating style? Are you going to do online dating? Are you going to do in-person dating? I recommend both. Um, but a lot of my clients, like online dating is a full-time job. So um, I think both of those are great. So it's just about, and then a lot of them are beaten down. So confidence building, getting over the fear of rejection, things like that. So we do, it's a whole big program. It depends on each individual and what they need. Do you find that men who, um, there were, the women wanted the divorce versus the men who wanted the divorce is, do you see the difference in them when they come to you? Um, is it tougher one or the other? I think it might be tougher if the woman leaves for the men, cause you know, they've been, they, most of them don't see it coming. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they're working, try, they're providing, they're working really hard. You know, they, they don't see it coming. Um, when it happens and then when they start to reflect back and we talk about it, they go oh yeah i saw that sign it wasn't as affectionate we weren't having sex you know we weren't taking little family trips things like that yeah. uh so yeah it's a little bit more difficult for men and most of the guys that do come to me which is crazy we always talk about oh all the men cheat well i don't say that but a lot of women do in the case with about 50%, 60% of the men that hired me for matchmaking, not necessarily date coaching, have, you know, their wife cheated on. So it's not only about the wife leaving them, it's also about that rejection and that they failed and that they're very successful. Then they start racking their brain. What did I do wrong? How do they make the mistakes? So it's, it's this whole thing about forgiving the ex and also forgiving yourself for make, just falling in love with the wrong person. If you just break it down, that that's all it was. You might be very successful in your career, but when it comes to love, you don't really choose sometimes, right? Do you agree with that? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. Yeah, everything you're saying, I I can just um, 
imagine that there are a lot of men who need your service, but they're afraid to get that kind of help. And when they do come to you and you say, well, what are your interests? What are you working on now that you don't have kids to tend to? What are some things to focus on you and to build your personality back up in your hobbies and interests? It's like you're almost giving them permission to do those things, right? Because they didn't have time before. Or you're reminding them that, hey, you should do these things. So I think maybe if they don't come to you for help, they're like in this rut, they just don't know what to do. So I guess the main thing is how do you, how do you let the men know that they need this kind of help to get past their divorce and to be more forgiving? Does that make sense? Uh, you mean um, if they're not a client yet or they've come to Right, me right. If they're not a client yet, like how do we let men know that there is a service like this out there that can help them? Because I feel like more women are more open to reaching out for help with their lives versus men are saying, Hey, I need help with this. Like how yeah. do we reach the men who don't think they need help, but they really do. Well, that's a really good point. So, um, so let people know more. Most of the people that come to me, the men are, are like, they're, so I think you attract what you put out. I'm very into personal development as you are. So they're, they're open to feedback more so than the women sometimes, if the women are very successful. Yes. <laughs> so, and I think that they're struggling. So two things, if it's for matchmaking, like how can I not meet a woman on my own? But if there's dating coaching, uh, and I tell them like, you know, you hire a lawyer, you hire you hire experts in all areas of your life and you're a busy person. So like if you're online dating um, and or just meet people in public, like how do you screen that person? It's, a, it's almost a full-time job if you're online dating and not a fun one. So, <laughs> uh, so you hire me to find people that are mutually aligned with your life and relationship goals. So you can just enjoy your life, do the things we just talked about in terms of like going out there, doing what you love to do that you haven't had time for or something that you've wanted to learn that you haven't done. Uh, and the other thing is I want men that come to me after divorce or a breakup that, especially a divorce, because if you've been in a re relationship for 20, 20 or plus years or even 10 years, the, the men uh, don't really have that network of men. So it's been couples, the whole, that whole, relationship with their wife where women have always have like their own, their own girlfriends and things like that. But I see that happen a lot with men. So it's about also ha having them, which is a lot of them come to me. Like I don't have any friends. So they feel so lonely is to get out there, create new networks, create new friendships so that they are not relying on just finding a relationship. Um, they feel, they feel like have a fuller life and they have some people they can talk to other than just their dating coach. Yeah. Yeah, I never really thought about that. Yeah, no, I I never really thought about um with if a guy gets divorced, he might be lonely if he doesn't have a group of friends to hang out with or family members or something. So versus you're right, women we naturally have all these different friends that we can go to for support and men usually aren't so vocal saying that they need support or that they're sad or they're lonely, right? So they probably don't get it even if they did have friends so, yeah so do you encourage them to i don't know where do you encourage men to meet guy friends um networking events like go to get out there to go to some business networking events there's meetup.com like go to different interest groups like find people that have similar interests like that's great and it's free 
Um, so you can go hiking, dinner clubs, you know, chess clubs, reading clubs, like you love reading. So there are a lot of different ways to meet people. Meetup is great. Um, and then, cause business is kind of not thinking about it. You're just getting back into that whole business routine, right? So it's kind of nice to find people that have similar interests that are diverse, um, and not, not your, your club. <laughs> so working with divorced men and women, do you suggest that after they've file for divorce to go ahead and start dating or wait till the divorce is final? Or is there like some secret formula? Like how many years you've been married divided by X, that's when you should start dating again. Like how do you work with your clients and when is it okay to start dating again after divorce? When people are going through divorce and you're thinking about when the right time to date is, um, it really depends on the situation, the duration of the marriage, um, the healing, the therapy you may have done together to decide whether or not it's time to leave or whether it was an abrupt divorce. And the main thing is separated has two sides to it, as we mentioned. So one side is the people that are separated living on their own. And the other one, people are still living with their spouse. So I don't believe um, anyone's ready to start dating if they're still living with their spouse. I just don't. Um, it's just an awkward situation. It just, it's just... It, it's just not so no judgment, but that's just not the people that I work with. So they have to be out and living on their own um, before they even start dating. And then I always recommend that, you know, they take at least six months to focus on them, maybe travel on your own, kind of like just go off and travels, try, try different things, go to meetup groups, start creating new friendships. Cause when divorces happen, you lose a lot of friends, especially men, but both sides do, you know, pe people choose teams and it's really not fair, but it's what happens. Um, so, you know, do your therapy, do your soul searching, personal development throughout that six months, and it may be a year. So if you feel, if the, if the person still feels that they are not in a place that they love their life and they feel lonely and are trying to fill a void, they're never ready to start dating, um, in terms of getting into a relationship. If you want to start dating to meet new friends and kind of, you know, you know, after divorce, people have to have some fun. You have to get that out of your system. Most people then go for it. But you're not doing yourself as you're doing yourself a disservice if you're going to try to get into a relationship like within six to six months to a year after divorce. And usually you're going to have a rebound anyway. So it's usually two years when you're really ready. If it's a if it's a 20 year some relationship or marriage that I think that you're really ready to be into a relationship. Now, if the person, like I said, has done a lot of therapy, they've worked together to really it's an amicable divorce. Um, and you're both just kind of separated, then it's, it's okay to start dating a little sooner. So it depends on the situation. Hopefully that answers your question a little bit. That's how I feel anyway. Yeah, I guess I've never had that situation happen to me. So I don't know how that comes about, but I would think that it doesn't hurt to take some time out for yourself and be alone and have fun and have fun, meaning explore things that you like to do and have fun, you know, with the opposite sex. So there's just get it out of your system Agreed. or just to be alone and um, enjoy yourself, you know, find yourself again and yeah. just have some time to reflect. I like that travel idea. I feel like every time we're out of our normal routine, we have some insight to our life, whether it's about a divorce or it's about work or relationship or friendships or anything. I feel like you have a lot of aha moments when you get out of your routine. So 
that's a good um that's a good advice to tell people to travel and take some time out for themselves um I've never been the type of person to vacation alone or to go on a trip alone so I think I would enjoy that I mean I could drive cross-country you know 16 hours and not even turn the radio on and just be alone and be by myself so I wonder what it would be like to travel. I've never done that, actually. Have you traveled alone um, in your life? Yes, I have. Yeah, I love it because it gets you out of your comfort zone and it also creates uh, new neural pathways because you're getting out of your comfort zone. You're learning new things. Like when you're routine, you just do your routine. Right. So traveling on your own, you meet new friends. Like um, even using like the online dating apps, I basically went, I was single. I did a whole single event to Greece, which I'll never do again. <laughs> it was a lot of work. Um, but afterwards I wanted to go to Croatia. So I just, I was like, all right, I'm going to fly to Croatia on my own. So I flew to Croatia, to Dubrovnik, then I flew up to see friends in uh, Rijeka. And I've always loved traveling on my own because you're not on a schedule. You can do whatever you want to do. You can meet new friends. I met a lot of great friends using like dating apps at that point because I was single. Yeah. And it was just fun. And just um, and even just traveling on your own, like um, during the pandemic, I was just like, oh my gosh, this lockdown is crazy. And uh, I just took off to the mountains and I you know, worked on some blogs and just enjoyed the nature and there was no TV. Yeah. And I think just taking time for yourself that way is really nice. So what okay. are some tips that you can give women who just come out of a long-term marriage or relationship for them to find themselves. I mean, are there any different tips for women? For women is the same kind of like get out there. Um, now you have time for yourself, create new interests, do things you've never done before. Um, but when it comes to then the online dating piece and, and there are red flags for everyone. I mean, like there's, you know, the love bombing, things like that for both men and women. But if they're going to do online dating, I really am careful to make sure that they're safe so that they actually, you know, they do background checks, um, which is easy. Do been verified, whatever. Make sure you meet people in light, uh, uh, well-lit places. Um, do reverse image search, because there's so many scammers out there for both sides, both men and women, but definitely for women more so than men. There's, I've had so many of my clients come to me that this, you know, this it guy from Italy is so, you know, is so amazing. They're, they're Zooming or Skyping and they're talking. He has a Facebook page, a LinkedIn page, like everything checks out and then all of a sudden they're going to meet and he's asking her for money. So just because they have all these different social media platforms these days doesn't mean that they're actually legitimate. So I think that um, for women, it's about creating that life first. And also um, that's really important that you're not trying to fill a void so that you don't get scammed or you don't fall into the wrong hands. And that's men included with the Instagram stuff, but more so women. Yeah. So I really try to protect them that way. And also just making sure that the men really want a relationship. Right, right. Talk to me a little bit about uh, Ben That's Verified. What, they want. what do you, what does that verify, the background check? How do you, what information do you find out for the women? So it's great. So I do background checks with all my clients, um, matchmaking, not coaching. Um, but anyway, so it gives you bankruptcies, criminal uh, backgrounds, relatives. You can see if they're married still because uh, a lot of people online, both sides, men and women are married or in relationships and they're looking for validation, just trying to meet people. Um, so maybe they'll never meet you, which is why they ghost people or you're dating them and they have, you know, the double life. So 
Uh, so been verified, we'll give you back addresses, relatives, people living in the home, the um, estimated value of the homes and their work history. So I think there are several out there. That's the one I use. And I, I really like it because it go, it's very thorough. Okay. And what I other, think it's forty dollars a month, so it's totally worth it. Do you recommend that everyone should get the Ben Verified for them, whether they're a matchmaking client or a coaching client? Like everyone should probably have that service. Not for matchmaking, because I do all that for them. So my matchmaking service is a full concierge service where I interview people, I do the background checks for them, and do all that. For the coaching clients that are specifically doing online dating. Um, I, I think that the $50 or I think it's $50, maybe 40 is totally worth it. So, I mean, especially, so I work out of New Jersey, Philadelphia, um, or East coast of, uh, PA and also South Florida and in South Florida, uh, more so than up North, there are a lot of people that are scammers or don't, aren't who they say they are. So I've had people down here. Um, in Florida right now that hired, try to hire me for matchmaking and they're married. Um, one guy had a $3 million um, settlement against him for something for an assault. Like, I just think it do your due diligence. So you don't waste your time and walk out your door and meet the wrong person on both sides, but especially women is, I think it's just very important. Okay. So background check is important. Uh, what else did you suggest as the, another tip that the women should do is go to a well-lit area, right? Like don't go to someone's home on yeah. the first date, just be in public. Um, yeah. What I suggest yeah. for my, uh, matchmaking clients is even though I set it up and it's through me and I vetted everybody, you should still take the necessary precautions to not jeopardize your safety you know don't just throw all those that common knowledge out the window the common sense out the window like still be safe you know don't go to someone's home on your first date uh you don't need him to pick you up on the first date you can meet at the restaurant that kind of stuff so what other uh safety tips can you give I can, women? if they've been in marriage for 20 plus years times as you know are so different than back then Right. So you're not getting courted. You're not getting picked up. You should get courted, but you're not getting picked up. So um, in terms of safety tips, I think that's it. If they don't want to spend the money on um, been verified, you can you know get their um, you can uh, reverse search their phone number. Well, if they want to use WhatsApp, red flag. If someone oh. can't give you their cell phone, then don't even bother. Interesting. WhatsApp. Do you agree I with that? So WhatsApp, I feel like is so popular now that everyone's asking to go on WhatsApp. So what's the difference between someone wanting to communicate with you on WhatsApp or regular cell phone? Like what, what do you mean? That's a red flag. A lot of the guys that cheat will go use WhatsApp because they don't want any, any texts coming through their, their cell phone. So, or even the scammers. So, I mean, we use WhatsApp for our matchmaking things, whatever, but if they don't want to give you their cell phone, they're only available certain times of the day not at night. I mean, not everyone's available at night, but if it's just a very structured routine where they're going to talk to you or they won't give you their direct cell phone. I mean, people use Google. I mean, that people um, have their own Google, which that's one thing for anyone that's dating. So people can't, um, especially women, have a Google number so that you can't, so they can't stalk you on your cell phone and figure out all your information. So that is a safety piece, but it's still a cell phone. 
when someone say, goes to WhatsApp, they can, um, a lot of the people that I know that have been, um, you know, the guys that are scammers or have been in relationships have used that as a platform to communicate and not a cell phone. But don't you still so use I'm not saying it's for everybody. But don't you still use your cell number for WhatsApp? I have, that's a good point. So that's I don't know if you people, they can create, yeah, I, maybe I feel I like, yeah. people are still, um, messaging me on WhatsApp, even though I gave them my cell number. So is that weird? Like even yeah. some clients or potential clients, they want to communicate on WhatsApp. So is there a reason for them? I don't know if you have to use your real cell phone. So yeah, I, I don't know that, but uh, that for me is like, unless you're sending videos and things like that, which hopefully when you're first dating someone, they're not sending you videos of themselves. Um, Cause that's just weird. <laughs> that is weird. That is weird. Or other pictures. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, that's my experience. Yeah. I mean, if you're overseas and things and things like that, but if they're in the States, like why not have a Google number or a cell phone? I just think it's, I, yeah. So times have changed and people are using WhatsApp more. So maybe in the last year or two, that's changed. But I still, um, and I don't think you have to use your real cell phone number for that. You can, there are different ways to get around it, but I could be wrong. So backpedaling on that one, I should research that. But in my the past experience, most of the guys that were cheating on the women or had other lives were using WhatsApp and they wouldn't use, or they wouldn't offer up the, the real cell phone, whether that's a Google number or a, uh, a real cell phone. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I will look in on that as well. Um, so let's see what yeah. else. So those are great tips for men and women newly out of divorce who want to do online dating. So What's the biggest difference? Why should someone hire you for matchmaking services versus um, help with the other stuff? Well, some of the people that hire from matchmaking don't want to do online dating or do meetup. They're just, they don't have the time for it. Time is money. They're, they'd rather be doing the things they love to do. Um, they've gotten discouraged because online dating, as you know, with the ghosting, everything that goes on can be very discouraging and kind of really knock your self-worth down. So they come to me, either they've never tried it or that's what's tapped them out. And they just like, they want me to find people for them that are that are vetted, qualified, look like their photos, because I, I Zoom or meet everyone in person who I work with or I introduce to my clients. Um, and I work with them directly. So once I screen the, what the client wants, then and go through their criteria and I show them profiles. So I make sure that I have a good feel of, you know, what they're looking for and getting feedback on pictures and things like that. Then I find them people that are mutually aligned with their life and relationship goals, politics, religion, interest, all that. And then I introduce them. So once they both want to meet each other, then I'll actually concierge the date. So I make sure it's in a public place. It's well lit. Both sides have been screened. So I know they're safe. And then I send them out on the date. So it's very much a concierge service. Um, I do everything for them. How many clients do you work with? I only work with 15 at a time. I work with about 15 matchmaking clients at a time because I would like to work with my clients directly. So that's why my success rates are high um, because I get to know who they are. So through the whole process, I'm coaching them. Coaching is included in matchmaking. I'm helping them get through it, um, making it fun because dating can be daunting. So trying to make it fun, lighthearted, you know, you want to meet the right person. Tell us how we can find you. If someone wants to work with you, how would someone be able to find you and what's your specialty? So I work with, I do coaching uh, and I do the matchmaking. Those are my specialties. I work with active, positive-minded singles of all age ranges. 
whether they're 20s um, or 30s folk and have been career focused and they've just not made time for love to, you know, 40s on up. So you can find me at kpmatchmaking.com. And then uh, my, my Instagram is matchmaker Christy D. Price. And then KP Match is my Facebook. So on my website, people can basically just go on there and sign up for a free 20 minute phone call if they have any questions or concerns or want to learn about my service. Uh, or they can actually just call me. My number's on there too. Thank you so much, Christy, for joining me today. I will put all your contact information in the show notes. And listeners out there, I'm always looking for great Asian women who are open to being in my database to meet my male clients of all ethnicities who want to date fabulous Asian women. So it's free for women to join. And you can find me at twoasianmatchmakers.com. And Christy, any last parting dating tip for the folks out there before I say goodbye? No, this has been fantastic, May. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Okay, great. Well, I will see you guys later. And thank you so much. Bye, Christy. Bye.